I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. As we turn the page on what was surely one of the most unprecedented years in modern history, we look forward to better times in 2021. It's natural to do that. Greet the new with optimism. Hope, after all, springs eternal in the human breast, as Alexander Pope noted some 300 years ago. But this new year, there is trepidation present in the mix, maybe even despair in some. Fear not, however, the genius board of directors at the World Economic Forum is on the case. Well, that's supposed to allay the angst of uncertainty, but in some of us is even greater cause for concern. Will the cure be worse than the sickness? That's a great possibility, given that the way out they'll be proposing later this month is being elaborated by the very brain trust that is mostly responsible for leading us into the crisis in the first place. And maybe, just maybe, they'll be interested only in protecting their assets. Let's consider what's behind the Great Reset today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We are, as always, streaming everywhere fine podcasts are heard, including Spotify and iTunes, and even on our own radio station, the Stop Radio Network at stopradio.org. And we have almost 200 podcast episodes of Thinking with Somebody Else's Head now, And if you are tuned in, I really appreciate that. Our programs, based as they are on the remarkable science emerging from Norberto Kepi and the Kepi and Pacheco Trilogical College in Brazil, offer something original in the understanding of man and his systems. Kepi has proven in over 50 years of clinical practice that humanity is inverted. We see that in economics, where we put money above nature and even above human life itself. Medicine treats disease solely as a physical problem originating from outside. And look at the massive pharma industry built on the back of that inverted idea. Physics wants to keep trying to extract energy from material processes, and the pollution and environmental degradation that fall out from that are proof of something fundamentally wrong in the main theories of science. We all strive to be rich without work, to squeeze happiness out of material possessions, to elaborate modern societies that exclude a creator, and on and on we drive into oblivion and chaos. These programs strive to bring consciousness of this science of analytical trilogy, which has been awarded many times recently for the innovations in the Kepi motor. And if you want to find out more about Kepi's amazing science, that would be a great place to start. Today, we're going to have a sociopathological focus on our program, What's Behind the Great Reset. My special guest will be German economist Dr. Anthony Muller, who's been writing extensively about this and casting a critical eye on the motives for this at the World Economic Forum. And his caution is highly welcome. For if we are inverted, the ones at the top of this inverted system must be the most inverted of us all. And the fact that they're making the proposals to solve the problem should make us sit up and take notice. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that that is fraught with peril. What's behind the Great Reset? And thinking with somebody else's head returns in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. 
a key inversion in science. Always we are trying to extract energy from a material element. And its negative consequences. We provoke serious imbalances in nature. Corrected now with the Kepi Motors disinversion of physics. And we developed a way to have mechanical power with very little electricity. This will make a big change, not only in energetic efficiency, but also it will bring better energy in homes because it's magnetic energy. The Kepi Motor, new technology for a new world. Humankind's greatest problem is thinking that what we don't see won't hurt us. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. Welcome back to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and my special guest today is Dr. Anthony Muller. Dr. Muller is a German professor of economics currently teaching at the Federal University of Sergipe here in Brazil. He's a former Fulbright scholar in the U.S. and has worked all over Europe and the Americas. He's the author of a number of books on economics and politics. It's wonderful to have him on the program today. Welcome, Dr. Muller. Hi, how are you? Okay, yeah, just fine, thank you. Great to have you with us. I want to jump right in today. You know, in talking about the aftermath of the coronavirus, what's coming next, maybe there's a parallel to be made with 9-11. After 9-11, they were able to implement the Patriots Act in the United States and have been strengthening that over the years. And most Americans probably don't know that many of those regulations have never been taken away. The, the freedoms that were stripped away have not been returned to the people after 9-11. And this, I think, is a big concern, and I know a concern that you have. What's coming after the coronavirus, what they're planning after the coronavirus, this great reset that they're planning for January 2021? When you mention the Great Reset, uh, it leads to the World Economic Forum. And now when we characterize the World Economic Forum, it is a private uh, initiative started by Klaus Schwab, who turned it into a very successful global meeting point of, let's simply call it the managerial governmental elite. I know this organization for a long time, so I always had some look what's going on about stock market things and new, new movements. This, however, took a change in the last couple of years when more and more the environmental agenda was put forth. And suddenly also some kind of person showed up that you wonder what they are really doing there, like Prince Charles. Prince Charles is a radical environmentalist. And uh, so this is a turn that, that first surprised me. The second point is that before that, you had the impression that it is, let's put it simply, pro-capitalist, pro-market, pro-business, and so on. And suddenly you see a turn uh, going on uh, where you are surprised uh, because it seems as they prefer some kind of Soviet style or better even Chinese style of economy. The popular name is red capitalism. That's what, what, what I take from, from what the that what, is that, what does that mean though, red capitalism? Well, 
it means that that you have basically a capitalist uh, structure. You have enterprise, you have businesses, you have managers, but everything is in the hand of the Red Communist Party. Okay. So uh, they there won't be now in 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 the Western countries uh, a communist party, but you can replace uh, this party by the world economic forum members. They decide almost like a party meeting in which direction the the world should be going, and they have the power to impose this way due to the membership of this managerial elite. You've talked about the um, this kind of technocracy movement, which I think we should talk a little bit about. And you, and you, you talk about it in, in an article I was reading of yours, excellent article, by the way, that this uh, technocracy, this sort of solution through technology, <laughs> not even through government anymore, through technology, through algorithms and stuff, involves close co- cooperation between the heads of the digital industry and of governments. And I think this is one of the things that's really hard for people to get their heads around, uh, Dr. Mueller, that, that there's, there are committees that are sitting and discussing what's going to go on. It's very hard for us to understand that that happens at this global level. I think we know sort of that there are meetings going on, but that they're actually planning and lobbying and uh, writing position papers for governments. This is not well understood. How do you see these meetings going on? What's, what's actually happening? Are there planning sessions where they're saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do that? Is it as, is it as literal as that? Well, uh, the idea of an expertocracy is pretty old. Uh, it, it, well, you, one can go back to Plato, uh, uh, actually. And, and it has uh, regained a strong attraction already in the times of the Enlightenment and where these ideas came up of the, uh, to make the human being more perfect. And so this is, uh, it has a high standing philosophical tradition. Now, when we come to the middle of the 19th century, the theory of Darwin came up and it was only natural to say this natural evolution, how could we accelerate it? Few people read the book of of Darwin, but I did. And uh, most of what he talks about is how to breed certain animals, dogs or, or hens or chickens or whatever. And so this idea of breeding the human race has found many adherents in the Victorian England. And this has been going on also into the 20th century. There were prominent uh, eugenicists like John Maynard Keynes and uh, a famous uh, economist in the United States, Irving Fisher. Irving Fisher was a proponent of eugenics and of the prohibition. Prohibition was also part of it, yet to improve mankind. And also the idea came very much into this elite circles, which does not need a membership card. 
Sure. Yes, but you you yeah. you you're there. You 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 know these friends at certain university, partic particularly in the United States. Yes, so that we in in quotation mark must lead the masses. And now, now, oh, just just give us an overview of eugenics, because maybe that's an an old movement that maybe people aren't aware of today. We don't hear about eugenics. We hear about transhumanism, as you've talked about. But yes. you, what what eugenics is population control in a broad sense? Eugenics got a bad name because of the Nazi movement. Yeah. So after the Second World War, one avoided this word. And later on came the same meaning under a different name, transhumanism, transforming the human being. Okay. Uh, right. Eugenics has this EU in, in its name from Greek, which means good, to improve the, the genetics. That, that's eugenics in the original okay. sin. And now when we look at the texts, of the proponents, and I'm talking about from the middle of the 19th century to about uh, 30s of the 20th centuries, yes? You also have this strong idea to eliminate mm. the useless classes. Undesirable elements of the culture. Yes, the people that are not used, and you can find statements that, that blow you away by prominent persons like George Bernard Shaw, who long before uh, the Nazis uh, suggested a, a humane, humane, he called it humane gassing, of uh, undesirable population. And he, he, he really made it like a theater as a playwright that every three or five years, people must show up uh, to a kind of committee, uh, which is similar to a tax agency and must justify their existence. What is yeah. my contribution to the world? And now comes a situation where this whole thing gets very dramatic because with digitalization, robotization, automation, 80% of the population are basically useless. Yeah. They were very helpful in the first industrial, in the second industrial phase. Now, when we, when we look back uh, uh, in Ford's factory, there were a lot of people employed and at gas stations and so on and repair shops. But now in the digital age, uh, most of these people are needed anymore. Even a modern car factory is almost completely automated and you only need person with a very high education and all these regular guys have no place. So this is a policy fully against the common man. So this is a massive change in the structure of the economy. I think Brzezinski called this massive population that has no use anymore. I think he called them useless eaters, right? This was the, yes, yes, the term yes. that they use, which is an yes, absolutely yes, horrible, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know that Marx and Engels loved the discoveries of Darwin because it, it gave them justification for the eternal struggle of the classes leading to evolution of the species and all these things. So now what's going on, it seems, is this, this idea, of, again, of social engineering. And you've talked about that in your articles. Is this what's behind the Great Reset, like a, um, 
although it's being presented as a, like this uh, necessary thing that it's going to be good and fantastic and just follow us and we'll lead you to nirvana idea, uh, behind it is this kind of engineering of society. Is that how you see it? Well, this process of the transformation of the economy has been going on in its natural form by the market economy. There's also a trend quite visible of a declining birth rate, also more or less automatic. And uh, the structure change of the economy towards more automation has been going on for quite some time. So what, what would happen is the same process, but in a smooth human way, And instead of this now being forced upon the humankind uh, with a lot of costs that are absolutely uh, not necessary, things get exaggerated out of proportion, like this idea of an overpopulation. I think it's not justified. And the other thing combined with that is the environmental threat, the global warming. And this seems to justify a radical move to get rid of actually billions of people. And, uh, well, uh, we will see the effects of the present policies in the next years. And it will go on uh, starting in early 21. Yeah, you know, uh, Dr. Norberto Kepi, I work a lot with him down here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And he has written a lot about the pathology of power, yeah. uh, suggesting that the people that seek power are actually the sort of craziest amongst us, the sickest. If we have a world of inverted values, then anybody who is getting to the top of a world with inverted values is the most inverted of all of us. And so this seems to be some of what's going on. It's kind of a sick mind that wants to reduce population. Well, uh, let me be quite concrete uh, about my, my experience. When I was about, uh, yeah, when I had my doctorate, after I had my doctorate, yeah, it came into my mind, uh, should I go into politics? Like some, something like that always shows up. And uh, I, I very much uh, right away decided not to do it and continue with my scientific work And uh, like I had many friends, and most of of us went into business, into science, and so on. But we also had a small group of people who did not feel, (laughs) let's say, uh, smart enough (laughs) to do a good contribution uh, in science and and they did not feel quite fit to have the burden of, of, of being in the business. Yes. And they, they moved into the, the Green Party, largely at that time in Germany. And we used to make fun of them. Yes. All these crazy guys. I'm talking about the 70s these green nuts and so on. And of course, you know, they were in these groups. And then step by step, they show up on TV. And then suddenly now they are in the, all the major positions. The uh-huh. same guys that we, we, we left about 
And uh, the other group in, in, in Germany, it's very interesting, and this is scary, yes. Uh, at the time of the unification, when you were older than 40, that's what they said, you have no chance to survive in the capitalist system on your right. own. Right. But these guys went into politics. Now in the Berlin Senate, when you look up, there are various guys who were uh, at the, and the SED in East Germany. They, so now we have a mixture at the highest ranks of politics, which is amazing, which is shocking. Well, Mer Merkel uh, is, is the incarnation. She was, I mean, how could you get a doctorate in the Eastern Bloc without being a communist? Now we have a mixture, imagine, people at the level of federal government and at the level of the city-states and in municipal parliaments who a combination of green and former communist party members they have the power how interesting yes. but let's let's come back to this great reset and you you you've put together for me a very nice powerpoint that you were using for a presentation you did recently in uh, for a European audience, yeah, as I yeah, understand yes, it. Yes, yes. And you're talking about the Great Reset as being linked to this idea of new world order. And that's, uh, I think that's very clear. I think that's the next step of this new world order that the, the elite are proposing for us. But can I just go through some of the points that you have in your PowerPoint here and have you, have you elaborate on them a little bit? You talk about the, the establishment of a single global government the dissolution of national armies, the creation of a global military intervention force, the elimination of all traces of national sovereignty. Are these your conclusions from what they're talking about, or is this actually on their agenda? For each point, I can give a, a reference in the literature. The term New World Order has been pronounced several times by various leaders. Bush the Elder was very clear about it. And Bush also, interesting enough, I still remember, was very keen on bringing Germany on board. That's the idea. As they say, if you have Germany, you have Europe. And so the new world order should actually bring about, after the end of the Cold War, a group of a handful of countries who rule the world now. It was simply the idea that, okay, the, 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 we have the NATO, we have this group. Now, now we have the, they called it sometimes multipolar world or something like that. Brzezinski uh, uh, talked a lot of, about yes, that, the chessboard and so on. So the idea basically is to bring together a number of key countries and so it's a small world, so to speak. So you already have the G7, that, that is the formal presentation of that. And so we are the rulers of the world. And now, now comes the point, yes. And you can bring now uh, uh, Biden on board. I mean, imagine Biden and Merkel, just to call these, these two. And Trudeau and Canada. Well, uh, uh, you can bring all of them together in this idea. What will they try to do? They, they want uh, and, and they, they depend 
especially in Europe on the on the environmentalist voters, on the green voters, and so on, and the the party coalition, governmental coalition, with the, with the bringing the the ecological aspect on board. And uh, so you have it. It's not a dramatic thing as a secret government somewhere sitting in the bunker. It's quite open. They have their annual meetings. They, they come together. And now what kind of persons are there? No? As a, I always think it's important to see uh, the individual. Yeah? Uh, of course, there are, 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 are structural uh, aspects to anything like politics and, 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 and the economy. But uh, in the end, it is people who come together and make a def definite decision. And now when we see what kind of selection, Darwinian selection has been going on uh, in, in politics, you can see with Hayek speaking, the worst get to the top. All right. So they really have this idea of national sovereignty being outmoded. I remember uh, Edward Bernays um, who was Freud's nephew, who was very involved in yeah. public relations, talking about this in the 1920s, right? The, yes, the yes. conscious and intelligent manipulation uh, of the masses is an important element in a democratic society that we need uh, an elite to control and govern. Even, even Rockefeller said this at some point that the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual and world banker elite is certainly preferable to self-determination <laughs> you know so there this is not this is not news for anybody who studies it but it certainly is news if you follow the regular media because you don't hear anything about that so these points that you're raising i think are like really crucial here you also talked about this idea of a single world currency um, that's obviously in, in the works, the establishment of a world central bank. We sort of have that already with the Bank of International Settlements, um, the end of cash. Are these things that you see as, as coming as a result of this great reset too? Yes, of course. And these uh, items are on the agenda for uh, a long time already. Uh, mm. you, you mentioned Barnes and uh, he, he, was the person who managed to bring uh, the United States into the First World War due to massive propaganda. That, that's interesting to see, that it is amazing how public relations took over almost a, uh, completely a country that was opposed to foreign involvement. Yeah, it was not and, just uh, getting getting women to smoke in public. There was this right, whole massive right, yes, war movement. Yes, yeah, that's really yes, important to yes, mention. Yes, yes, and it was also a control of the media. And now I recently studied the speech by Julian Huxley, the, the brother of Aldous Huxley, who was the first director of the UNESCO, where he talks exactly about the eugenics for the world population, that's totally necessary. He said, we, we do not have the space for idiots. He calls it like that, for defective people and so on. That, that's in the, in, the, in the official inauguration speech, and you can find it on the website of the of UNESCO. UNESCO. Of the UNESCO, of the UNESCO. And, and he also said the following, which is really uh, amazing. Yes, he said, we also have to impose 
a standard of what is scientific. The, yeah. the essence of science is the doubt, is the discussion. Yes, yes? so we have to, uh, UNESCO must say what is the scientific truth. That's Be the fair. determiner as the World Health Organization is doing yes, today. Yes, exactly, 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 exactly the same way. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I, I don't want to keep you so much longer, but you're, you're talking here, there's a lot of this um, work uh, now linked with uh, the Great Reset, linked to the idea of environmental change and environmental protection it's being posed as. And I think that's one of the ways they're selling this um, idea. Uh, also, the, safe, the safety of people with vaccines and protection for health problems, of course, this is part of it. But I think this whole environmental mentality is is uh, scares a lot of people and so the idea that they're going to address the environmental problems by phasing out fossil fuels carbon free production a government control of public transport uh, limitations on air travel all these things people seem to me will want to accept because it's going to protect the environment is it is this what they're using to sort of make this more palatable for us well, uh, it is the trademark of the political movement called the Greens, uh, inasmuch as the social socialist movement lost hold uh, uh, position in the working class. The working class basically after the war has become lower middle class. So they could not longer attract these people with the socialist ideas. So the, the, the red movement became the green movement. And so this ecological trademark, it was a movement. And this movement spread its wings into schools, into universities, into the parliaments, and let's say the the masses were yes were manipulated in believing that these things, and it became uh, uh, after all uh, nowadays uh, a religion. It is not longer a political aspect or a scientific problem. It is a religion, and if you doubt it, you are the heretic, and you better yeah. get burned okay. on the stake. The people believe in these. And the other thing that they also put out is this idea with a, a guaranteed minimum income. Okay, so talk a little bit about that because that's, well, that well, looks uh, like a fantastic thing, right? Right, right. The, the point is, as we, as we uh, talked already about it, in the coming years, there will be massive unemployment at a scale that we haven't even seen in the, in the, during the Great uh, Depression. And many of these people uh, see their life work over, uh, so we have a mess of really unemployable people. Yeah. And they are in a desperate uh, position. Now, uh, the, 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 the social net, as has been developed in Europe uh, post-war, uh, was linked to work. So you worked and you gained uh, your, uh, you were at the insurance system uh, and, and you could uh, bank on, on getting your old age pension this way. You needed a certain number of years and so on. And now comes the government and offers these people a minimum survival money without any uh, strings attached. So you just yeah. get it. Different from the social 
aid that you have to apply to and you have to register that you don't have extra money and, and every year you have to prove yeah. that you're still needy. I want to ask you one more question. I want to let you go here. It's been a, a long interview and I really appreciate your time. This uh, good behavior movement, I think, is part of what's behind this great reset too, to, to be able to police how people act and what people do. And I, I was thinking about that as I was reading your article and other articles about this. And I was thinking, you know, I remember a speech that Martin Luther King gave where he said, I'm proud to be maladjusted. I don't want to be adjusted to a system that's wrong. Gandhi said something similar. You have a moral obligation to fight an immoral law and uh, to resist an immoral, not to fight, to resist an immoral law. So there's no room for maladjustment inside this this uh, good behavior mentality that they're very advanced with in China at the moment. That's horrible. And this is a total change, as I, I, I told, for people like me who grew up in Europe after the war. Uh, I mean, we wanted to be freaks. We had to be different. And yeah. this made us really great persons, I think, with the music and, and later on the technology. The technology came out of this spirit. Let's go to San Francisco. That was the spirit, wearing long hair and being a freak and a hippie and so on. And then you have this pool of creativity. And now when it's established, it turns around and becomes all the things that we hated, that my generation hated. And it, this is terrible thing to observe. There's this kind of, of turnaround. That was only uh, Peter Thiel talked about that, the change of the mentality in Silicon Valley. And well, just let me make uh, this point that, that's in, in my heart. Uh, the, the program, the, the reset, the new world order will fail. It will cost a lot of lives. It will be horrible, but it will fail. Why will it fail? Exactly because of that. You cannot maintain a modern economy with conformatist people. The Chinese, as of now, they import the knowledge. They can still import the knowledge. They can apply it in a very effective way. But when this stops and there are not the freaks anymore among us, the whole evolution complex breaks down. So instead of a technocracy, we have a totally different world. We have a global breakdown if this should really happen. So it's really important to fight against that because we know it will fail. It will not be a good future world. It will be a horrible situation exactly because of the point of creativity. That is a wonderful point to end on, Dr. Muller. It's true, isn't it? Compliance to a man-made, imposed system of behavior will never lead us to improvement. Not least because this binary algorithmic utopia being proposed, replete with vaccination cards for all and face recognition software to govern your social interactions, is so far from being truly human that it demands resistance. Dystopia is not for me, and I suspect for you either. Happy New Year. All the best for 2021 from all of us at the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. In the United States, 
There is a hidden government. In 1985, Norberto Kepi published an explosive analysis of the pathology of power. The new world order that they are trying to implant goes totally against ethical principles. 28 years later, Liberation of the People is still the most relevant book available that exposes our inverted socioeconomic structure and who's responsible for it. They are like sharks and you are like fishes in an ocean. The people's reaction to Kepi's book was enthusiastic. The powerful hated it. They were able to do a master cover-up. Roberto Kepi's book was buried, and the warning went out to the media. You are never, ever to mention the work of Norberto Kepi. Now, Norberto Kepi's timely book is available again. For your free download of Norberto Kepi's Liberation of the People, go to liberationofthepeople.org. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and welcome to the Stop Radio Network. We broadcast from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And our programs, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head and Healing Through Consciousness, offer the most relevant conversations around about the state of our world and what we can do to make it better. Thanks for tuning in.